Hi, welcome everybody to the Forced Carry Podcast. This is episode two. I'm with Steve and Fats as usual. A little bit delirious this morning. Got up about three, but overall, I think it was a pretty good day. And I don't know what do y'all what do y'all guys think? John, enjoy the first day, Fats. I did. It was. I was surprised by how much I loved the course. I didn't. I didn't have low expectations. I didn't have high expectations. But the initial reaction is that it was beautiful the just the opening shot the way it was framed behind the first tee box the nice little sunrise and it it definitely didn't hurt that you had silver fox darren clark going off first off the first tee but everything about the presentation was beautiful i liked the coast the way it kind of comes into play both from a visual standpoint but also from a a routing standpoint and both of you can probably talk more about how the course actually played from a playability standpoint, but it seemed to me being like the proximity to the coast helped like when the weather changed, it changed fast. They got smacked in the face and the weather was changing all day long. I don't think it ever became unplayable in any way. I don't think there was ever anything where one wave got a better end of the draw or more benefit than the other. But I guess I'm curious what you think about how, the course actually played as a Lynx course beyond my simpleton point of view of just how pretty it was. Steve, what do you think? Yeah. Well, well, I, I, uh, I I didn't watch it as intently as you guys, um, today. I was in and out a little bit, had uh, dad duties for a little bit this morning. Um, I tried to skip my daughter's cheerleading performance and she cried. And so I was like, fine, I'll go. But, um, I, I thought it was great. I mean, obviously when it rains, it's going to play softer, but you know, you found, I, I saw even short irons going into greens. They were taking that big hop and then they would bite a little bit, but you weren't getting guys. It wasn't the dartboard tour for sure. And I just, just, it is so nice to hit in a fairway bunker and not be able to hit it 210 yards and stop it on a dime. I mean, those guys were legit having to hack out play it like a real you know a real hazard uh and, and i thought it was i thought it played great yeah I, I had no clue what to think about port rush i knew i knew it was visually impressive you, you know you could see kind of the stuff before it i had no clue it was going to play so well not only was it visually impressive like fat said I, it, it played in my opinion on the first day great the bad shots were punished good shots were rewarded there are guys making birdies there are guys making doubles there are guys making 14s or 13s or whatever they were making there was enough trouble out there where you know you, you had to pay for it if you hit a bad shot I didn't think anything was you know uh, you know unfair about it at all I thought I mean I, I was very happy with it it was a little bit different there was more runoff around the greens kind of they, they definitely did seem to be more elevated than than some of the links courses the way they you know they'd bound off and roll into kind of a weird spot or a weird spot in the bunker or or whatever, and it was it had a little bit more of that than than your normal normal links course. But I man, I loved it, and I'm not going to be a, a prisoner of the moment and try to throw it in there above you know St Andrews or anything. But I've got it pretty high on my you know my thoughts right now for the open rotation. I hope they go back. I got nothing nothing bad to say about it. I, I mean, well, and one of the great things about you know old world courses, for lack of a better term, is that they didn't move a bunch of dirt to make that. And it just looked, it was just so beautiful on TV. Um, and not because they made it that way, because it was like, you really almost felt like these dudes were playing golf through the Irish countryside and, you know, into the, into the ocean and all that. And I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And, I, and even the, even the two 
new holes that they did bring in, I think it was seven and eight, there were comments on the broadcast about different players making a comment that seven's their favorite hole on the course. And they didn't even realize when they got over there that that was one of the new holes that they just built two years ago. Yeah, like Steve said exactly. Some of the Litham and some, you know, some of those courses, they're just right in the middle of a, of a city now. Out there, you felt like you were just out. Like you're out at a golf course. There's nothing else going on except for that. And there's a million people there. It was just, just absolutely loved it. Loved everything about it. Loved everything about the first round except for no shot tracker on the app, which is inexcusable. In I don't get it, man. How, how, that can't be expensive, can it? No. I mean, I can understand not shot tracer on every shot. I can understand that. But if you're going to have an app, if you can't show everybody, have an app where you can at least follow along with the shots. That was my only my only qualm with pretty much anything tournament-wide was that. Now, I know we were all spoiled by what the Masters broke out this year, but shot tracker, especially from a gambling standpoint, when you're watching guys, when the TV coverage hasn't even started yet, or you're following a guy who is on the back nine fighting to make a cut on a Friday, you're living, you're glued to that shot tracker and missing that on the app is it's really the only black eye that I can find on the coverage, but it's definitely a, a big deterrent. Yeah, there's no context, right? So I woke up, I literally, I woke up this morning and, and Rory had just made the eight and uh, I couldn't figure out, I had to, I think I texted uh, Jason, I was like, what the hell happened? Uh, there was no, so I couldn't figure that out. And then they missed one of the all time great shot tracker moments screen caps whatever with duvall's what did it end up being 27 14 i don't know they there was five different scores reported we will get to that later but yeah yeah they i definitely would have loved to see shot visual shot tracker on that would have been it would have been it would look like my three-year-old's uh drawing on a piece of paper for sure but uh speaking of rory you mentioned him i guess we might as well you know talk about some of the players uh Rory, Rory obviously did not have a good day. He was my pick. I, I, I'd mentioned on the last podcast I was worried about the nerves that he was going to have. He's not exactly been the best player when he's the dog, the favorite, you know, all that stuff. And I just, you know, I, I knew the pressure was going to be hard. I was just trying to will him to victory somehow. And, you know, it caught up to him. And, you know, I, let's, let's talk about his round, Fats. You got any thoughts on Rory's first round? Nothing specific. I'm just sad. I'm really bummed. I, I can't imagine how badly he wanted to play well this week. And he even the interview after the round, you there's no way to know these guys. We don't really know them. But he just to me, he seems like such a genuine and likable guy that I want him to do well. And I can't imagine how just how sad even everyone involved in the tournament are going to be if, if he can't make it to the weekend, which is not looking good right now. Yeah, well, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so on the last pod. I, of course, I said that it was his wedges that were an issue, but, I mean, you know, I saw somebody today saying, you know, uh, I mean, if the guy can't hit a long iron off of a tee, then what are you doing out there? You know, I mean, it's not like he got, you know, an unfortunate round. He just didn't hit anything good. The dude's worth was worth $250 million when he turned 24 years old, signed that big Nike deal. And I'm sorry, just people aren't motivated after that. They, you know, Rory, he, he, um, I think he's having one of the best seasons of, in some metrics. But it doesn't really matter. He's not the same player. He's just not. I don't think that he's in that top five guy anymore. And 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 you know, it kind of proved it today. I do think that it's very possible that when Rory was single, that he had sex with Brendel Chambly's wife. 
because <laughs> I, did you see today? I mean, Chambly goes out. He couldn't wait to get that mic in front of him, and he says, "Yeah, Roy's one of the all-time chokers in sports." I mean, that was that was uh, quite a take, and obviously, him and Brandel have a have a history of of going back and forth. That that was a little harsh. I mean, he, the choking with Rory. I mean, the meltdown at Augusta was. People talk about the Spieth meltdown, and it was it was visually more striking when you don't expect somebody to just lay the sod over a shot, you know, when you got a hundred. But Rory's back nine, whatever he shot, forty three or whatever he shot with the lead was one of the all timers. But you know, he came back the next major and won, and you know, did all that kind of stuff. But it just got to him. The nerves. He can say whatever he wants to say, and all that kind of stuff. And I actually thought after he made an eight that it was going to be a not a good thing for him, but it was actually going to take some pressure off of him. And he was going to play well, the underdog role. Yeah, yeah I, he said that. I thought he was going to be the underdog. I thought he was going to just be like, all right, all the pressure's off now, one swing, blah, blah, blah. And and he did. And he played good for a long time and then just, just blew it at the end. And it was just just weird. And then, it, you know, I, I couldn't explain watching it. And I saw all the people on Twitter, the, the strokes gain takes today were, they were losing lots of shots to the field talking about, <laughs> Rory going out of bounds on one and how much of a disservice it was to Rory and the viewing public. And that is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. There, the out of bounds was there the entire week. He knew the out of bounds was there. He took an iron off the tee. He hit it out of bounds. Okay, say what you want to say about whether in course out of bounds should be a thing or not. It is a thing. It was a thing. They knew it was a thing. And he hit it out of bounds. That's two shots. Rory shot 79 today. And his two-shot penalty on one didn't have anything to do with him hitting his next shot into the rough, hitting the shot after that into the junk and playing an unplayable. Didn't have anything to do with him missing a five-footer and then missing a 10-incher coming back after that. Didn't have anything to do with him tripling the last hole. He blew the tournament because he played terrible. He did not blow the tournament because it had on-course out-of-bounds on the first tee shot. that cost him two shots. And, and that take, I just cannot for the life of me feel, understand people's you know, being so upset that there's out of bounds on the first hole, it's a penalty. Don't hit it over there. He had an iron. So I, I haven't, I haven't been on Twitter or seen very much of the social media you're talking about. But I guess for anyone new to the podcast, something bigger to us, we should just let everyone know right now and plant our flag that the three of us love out of bounds. I want more out of bounds. <laughs> like people should be punished more often if they can't control a driver or like not even a driver. What was he hitting? A two iron, three iron? Yeah, striping it on the range. Supposedly, I saw somebody on Twitter said, just watch Rory hit five straight stripes with the two iron on the range, ready for the first tee. <laughs> then, can, can we can we get to the real, in it, the real like villain in this whole thing? The reason why this happened. Yeah, it's Jordan Spieth. <laughs> if Jordan Spieth hadn't shanked one onto a range that wasn't OB, he's playing over there near the equipment trucks. I think that they were like, we're not going to let that happen again. And that's the reason why it happened. And Rory basically got screwed by Jordan Spieth. Yeah, I agree. I was expecting the Irish maybe to kind of kick that in, play a little bit. I mean, it hit it right into the crowd, and they just kind of watched it go out of bounds. But did you see the Woodland uh, guy today? Uh. Uh-uh. So w- Woodland hit one like into the crowd. It wasn't OB, but it landed in a dude's book bag. And so you know the dude awkwardly stands there, and Woodland walks up, and the guy's like, "Yeah, it's in his book bag." And Woodland goes, "Ah, uh, why don't you run towards the green for me if you don't mind?" Like. <laughs> fall down or something and uh, i thought that was kind of kind of funny yeah that is pretty funny uh speaking of 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 
disappointing rounds. I guess the next one, we were all kind of in on this one. Steve and I hated Tiger this week. Tiger played terrible. Tiger looked like he did not want to be out there. He had no, his glutes were not firing. His endorphins were not firing. He looked miserable out there, but hacked it around and I think shot 78 or 77 or whatever. Didn't was out of it. They showed him all the time. Not a good round by Tiger Fats. You got any thoughts on Tiger's round today? He, he looked tired and he looked old and I knew he was in trouble on number one. It, it was not because he grimaced after the initial tee shot. It was not because he kind of gingerly picked up the tee. I knew Tiger was done when he makes a par-saving putt and fist pumps. Tiger does not fist pump on the first hole on a Thursday in a major. Robot Tiger just plays 18 holes, plays conservative, and gets himself in position to make a move on a weekend. It, it looked to me like he was trying to convince himself to get up and get into the tournament, and it just wasn't happening. Well, um, I I, uh, I think the one thing Tiger had going for him today, and if you're going to take small victories at this point, you have to, is he did beat <laughs> Rory McIlroy um, straight up. Listen to this. So I'm just looking at this, guys. The bottom 12, the bottom eight, last eight players, Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods are in that eight. Out of the bottom 12, Adam Scott, how much money could you have made yesterday betting on the bottom in the, the, the last 10 players, those guys being, I mean, it's just pretty unbelievable that they ejected. Is that, is that unbelievable if they shot and, a 75, but to eject like that is pretty crazy. And Leishman, even when you made your yep. comment of, of the 85 coming from the group from either Spieth or Willett, I think it was Jay said, he's like, well, it's not going to be Leishman. And then he goes out and shoots, what, at 78? Yeah. Yeah. Not good, but just skipping back to Tiger, the the bet the funniest thing I saw all day was they shoved a microphone in front of his. Actually, this is just this press conference, right? And these stupid reporters just keep asking him the same question. I'm sure it irritates him. You know, why aren't you playing more? Should you have played more to prepare for this? What you know? Did, were you prepared? Did you practice enough? And he's like, basically, like guys, I can't practice. I have no spine. You know? Uh, and he said, it's not like the old days when I'd spend four to five hours on the range. Then go play 36 holes, run five or six miles, and then go hit the gym. I, I started, I had to whip out. That's like 14 hours where I, no wonder he got divorced. You know, I mean, dude was, uh, and, and, you know, obviously Tiger likes to exaggerate, but man, he today looked like a guy in serious need of some HGH. And it makes you, it makes you wonder if the guy, he said straight up today that he he played too many way too many events last year. He played 17 last year, so don't expect to see Tiger more than 10 or 12 times for the rest of his career, um, and four of those being majors. I mean, that's you know you're not going to get a steady diet of Tiger, that's for sure. So he's not going to Memphis next week. Maybe he can go to Germany on the way back. But it's interesting you mentioned how many times, how often we'll see Tiger, because I'm curious if. How much do you think we see him the rest of the year? And then it, there's been so much talk about whether he's going to be a playing captain on the President's Cup team. And now I'm wondering if even that is out the window. I, I'm, I don't know how much or if we see Tiger again after this week, this year. Nothing would surprise me. Uh, I, I could see him. I mean, it would not surprise me one bit if he just shuts it down. I mean, I think he just really is at a point where he wants to play if he can play, be ready for Augusta, hope. He can catch fire, lightning in a bottle at one of the other majors. Uh, I mean, it just depends. You never know. You you never know with him. I have no 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 clue on that. Just pure. So I 
I, I really think Faldo is an, Nick Faldo is an annoying uh, uh, and not a great announcer, but he, he had a great, I mean, obviously he played the game at, at the highest level and he had a, a point today at the very beginning of the telecast when Tiger started kind of messing up or the beginning, I'm sorry, the beginning of Tiger's round. And he said, Tiger's wins have all been in high humidity, high heat. It was in the eighties when he won in Augusta. It was in the nineties when he won in Atlanta, you know, when he, when he played well in uh, the, the PGA at Belle Reve, that was a, a real hot, you know, atmosphere. I mean, maybe he's just not these cold weather events. He's just not going to be able to get his body prepared for it, you know, and, and going overseas. I mean, he wasn't even good overseas, you know, at the beginning of the comeback and uh, you know, maybe he just needs to stick to the southeast and uh like you said play the masters for 15 years and see if you can somehow pull four more out of them yeah play play bay hill and play augusta two tournaments a year yeah he didn't look good at pebble either it's cold i mean cold there yeah also um let's see you talked about well, let's go to that group we talked about the 85 coming from that group speed somehow today got it around you got that in front of you steve he shoot one under end it one under i think it was even i think it was even I'll check it real quick. I think it was even par, but keep going. Anyways. One under. One under. One under. Okay. Oh, my bad. Didn't mean to give him give credit where it's due. <laughs> Hit it. Horrendous. It how, how many? One under par. How many waters did he shotgun? <laughs> oh, I do not know. I got some more info on that, by the way. I saw that that is just right. stock. They got they got canned water in Ireland. That's a thing. So I guess he a thought guy it listening would... to our first podcast texted me. He said, man, I'm listening to your first podcast, and you would not believe this, but I'm drinking a can of water. I was like, I was like, what, what plan? And he's a normal person. He's not a weirdo, you know. So whatever. I was happy to see him show up. He hit it horrendous off the tee today. At no surprise, hit his irons well, um, putted well. He shows up at majors and he shows up at the Open Championship. He's been in contention at the Open Championship several times, and I don't know that he's going to do anything. I was happy to see him at least play decent. I don't know. I, I don't think there's any way he carries it throughout the weekend. It's just going to get too crooked off the tee. And this is a – I don't know much about the course, but it appears to be a course suited for guys that hit it accurately off the tee, more so than they're coming into the greens. We thought ball striking, iron play was going to be strong. If you're not hitting it in the fairway, you're – I mean, there's no telling what you're going to shoot out here today. So good to see that. So I, I didn't see a lot of uh, – you know, as much of the telecast as you guys did. Were there any many, – many holes out there where you – like Rory and – DJ and those guys just could open it up and blast it as far as they could. Even on some of the the short par fours, like the way they have the mounds in front of the green, yeah. you have to you even have to carry the ball to a specific spot and land there. And if you do, it's gonna run right up. Like I think Cantley ended up making may have let the eagle putt short, but he had a drivable par four, left himself ten feet or so. But you hit to the wrong side of that mound, you've got an awkward chip because those greens, as Jay said last podcast, they're a little more elevated than most open championship courses. So you're leaving yourself some tricky up and downs from runoff areas, even on some of the shorter holes that you would feel like you could attack coming in, just looking yardage wise. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought so too. I, it's a, it's definitely going to be interesting to see kind of how much of it today was just the way the wind was blowing. How much of it is that just the way the course plays? How much of it is, you know, just whatever. But there were some. It, it appears to be hit it in the fairway is the uh, number one priority uh, right now. Speaking of somebody that hit it in the fairway, hit it in the fairway good, and and tends to hit it in the fairway at majors. Brooks was um, playing good again, and I know not everybody on this podcast was high on him this week, but he he looked sharp out there. Steve, did you catch any of Brooks? Yeah, I, you know, you, I keep seeing the take that Brooks is the new Tiger, and I mean, it's he's he's kind of proven it. I mean, you know, he's uh, when when your game is 
is that elite. You know, you could tell you're on any. I was wrong. I didn't think he'd be prepared for for Link's golf because he, you know, hasn't been spending time preparing for it. But again, you know, he, his game just has no flaws. I mean, is, is there anything that he doesn't do at an elite level? No, no. Yeah. So I mean, I, I still don't think he's going to win this week. But he, you know, I, it's just one round. Who knows? But the guy just he just looks like there's not a place in the world that he can't play. He's. You know, when you think about the good drivers of the ball, like him of this generation, you got DJ, you got Brooks, you've got Rory. Rory, spotty at best, streaky putter. DJ, spotty at best, streaky putter. Kepka's a better putter than than both of them. They they all play their irons good. And Kepka just doesn't hit that big miss off the tee. DJ doesn't really either. Rory sometimes he hits he hits some huge foul balls. And Kepka just Something about that game, if you can putt and you can mash it in the fairway, he can just kind of, he can just hang around. He can, he's good enough. The hardest thing to do in golf is to shoot even par when you're trying to shoot even par and, and, and play good while you're trying to play conservative. Tiger did it better than anybody. Spieth is probably the worst at that I've ever seen. And most people are. I mean, if people try to go out there and shoot even par, they start freeing up, they, you know, they tense up, they, they just can't do it. And, Kepka's got that ability, kind of like Tiger, to just go out there, and he shot better than even today. But he just went out there and just tried to play a game where he didn't make any mistakes, and he didn't make any mistakes. I think he made one bogey today, and just played solid, steady, hit it in the fairway, hit it to the green. If he made a putt, he made it. If he didn't, he made par. Just keep himself in contention, and not many people can do that. It's a special skill that he has, and it's all mental. And he's just got something, something up there that not many people have. I don't. I don't have much to add, and it's not. It's not from a Brooks's boring standpoint. The, the way you see some people talking, I love watching him, but I. I don't know what to say. He's just. He's he's a machine. He goes out every single major and does the same thing. I, I don't know how long this run is going to last, but I'm just enjoying it as as long as it goes. And and shout out to his uh, his clothing uh, person who organizes that much better hat today he, they took his hat and gave it to jason day and turned it into a shirt i saw that that was that was tough to look at him and him and female shared it yeah after, did, i didn't catch did, did day uh did he um did he fall down or anything today uh i didn't see he, issues or he was camouflaged to keep the drunk irishman away from him <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't see it just look at the leaderboard we got home jb holmes at uh leading i don't know that any of y'all think he's going to contend, or maybe y'all do. If y'all do, do y'all y'all think he's going to stick around? I hope not. I, you know, I think I'm just going to have to get on the JB Holmes train. I mean, it's a slow, slow train, and it's going to miss <laughs> most of the stops. But I just how can, the guy's pretty good at golf. Yeah, he is. So, so you know, and and him and Shane Laurie. I mean, I don't know that that would be a pretty damn if they would just if they're in the final group on Sunday. Would we agree that a wrestling match or a you know MMA uh, fight arm, would arm matter? wrestling? Yeah, sure. Our drinking contest. Yeah, two guys that look like they could kind of get after it for sure. Uh, I, I I've noticed a trend developing looking at the leaderboard, and I don't know if it is just because the wind conditions today, if the course facilitates this, or if it's just pure coincidence. But I'm looking at like Holmes, uh, Norin, Sergio. Kepka, Westwood, Finau, Rom, all these guys in the top 10 are primarily faders of the golf ball. And 
I don't know if that's going to hold any weight moving forward in the week, but it, it definitely seems to be early anyways that the guys that hit a cut off the tee are, are doing better than the guys that hit a hook. You know, Tiger and Rory's kind of big miss are left, and you saw what happened to them. Duvall, his big miss is a big hook, and he, you know, whatever happened to him too. But there's not a lot of guys that hit a stock draw that is on the leaderboard. Charlie Hoffman's at T20. He only plays a draw, but it's Thursday. Kisner, maybe. So, do what? Kisner's a draw player, right? Kisner's a draw player, so yeah, yeah. He's not top ten, yeah. And but Kisner's a really, he's he just hits it straight. I mean, if he hits a draw, it's a baby draw. He's not out there hitting, you know, rope hooks or his miss left. I guess basically more the miss, the guys that miss it to the right seem to be having a uh, a little bit of an advantage right now. But we'll see how that plays off. It could just be a pure fluke, and I ha- I have no clue if it's going to be or not. Um. I don't know. Let's go to any of the guys in the top five. You want to talk about Simpson played good. Um, Fleetwood's in the top five. Kepka, we've already talked about him. Lee Westwood, very excited to see him in the top five. I don't think it's going to last, but I hope it does. Rom in the top five. Fats, you got anything to say about those guys in that kind of top five right now? No, not, not so much necessarily the top five, but just the the top of the leaderboard in general and i don't know how if you guys have even thought about this if you want to get into it or if we can circle back later but the trend that i am curious about is whether fat guys are better in the wind so you look at the top of the leaderboard you got jb lowry afa barnrad robert mcintyre who i'd never even heard of until today but he was out there rocking solid b cups looking like a young Monty. then rom <laughs> Then beyond that, uh, you got whatever Fox, Westwood, and Norin, and I would not call them fat because they'd whip my ass. But they're both like they're thick, thick trunks, thick Husky. with two C's. Those those dudes are just straight up pile drivers. Yes, and you said you said Husky. So Husky Rory, teenage baby fat Rory, shoots sixty one and sets the course record. And now super fit Rory, you saw what happened to him today. So maybe it was just me. Maybe that's the only trend I noticed. But may, maybe. Just those that wide base helped them in the wind. And if you noticed, I think several people commented on Spee's unusual wide stance that he was rocking today. It looked like I was weird, weird, like like he's doing the split. So maybe there's something to that. Maybe he he noticed the uh, you know the wide base out in uh, in Ireland seems to be the ticket. Um, we made a lot of picks last episode. I guess we can kind of go into our biggest whiffs or appear to be whiffs so far um, and any ones that we got right, but we can start off with the ones that we were just dead wrong about. I've already spoke about Rory. You know, I picked him to win. I thought he was, the nerves were going to be an issue and they were, but I, I thought he was going to play good and he just completely let me down. I should have, I should have known better, but I, I couldn't help the story. I, it was, it was too good of a story. Fats, you got anybody that you were shocked that you whiffed on? Well, not shocked. It just, I mean, I whipped on everybody. It, I talked earlier about just how beautiful it looked in the beginning with Clark, but you can't have pretty without having a little ugly. And it did not take long for the ugly to show up for me. Andy Sullivan went out in the third group, and but there were probably 20 of us watching. Nobody was caring about that at that point. Did the same thing Rory did. OB on the left, doubles it. The easiest hole on the course was number two, so I was like, well, whatever, you make a double on number one, you can get that back. A lot of people made doubles all day long today. Then goes to number two, the easiest hole on the course, bogey's it. He's three over through two before there are even 12 guys on the course just taking a blowtorch to everything I thought I built. Um, 
The biggest miss, obviously, was Adam Scott, but I do not take responsibility for that. I blame Steve. I blame you, Steve, because what did we say on the last podcast? There, Adam Scott has one flaw. He's perfect. He's a beautiful man with a beautiful swing. But what is the one flaw he has? Well, that, that putter, I mean, it's awful, right? Brimster. So, Brimster. so he's, got, he's got a long putter. He uses a long putter. What does he show up with today? Short putter. Now, uh, for people who don't know, Steve has some kind of, of weird power, and I don't know what it is, but he called Speed's collapse. He called Molinari going in the drink on 12 at Augusta this year. He he didn't outright call Brooks collapse at the PGA, but he was worried that things were about to go off the rails. So I don't know what you did, but somehow word got back to Adam Scott that you were criticizing his putter choice. He switched putters and then went out today and just blew up every lineup that I even thought about constructing. Well, I mean, he's a notorious putter swapper, and uh, I can't remember the tournament, but he showed up in the final round, I want to say, of a tournament that he was in one of the final groups for with two freaking putters in his bag. Is that worse than Phil with two drivers in his way bag? Way worse. Way worse. The idea was to punt with the, punt with the broomstick <laughs> from 10 feet and the, the non-broomstick from further out. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but you might as well admit that you have a mental problem. Yeah, you know? it's kind of a Samson-type issue. You know, the good Lord blessed him with so much, and his punishment was that he's going to have to be a broomstick putter. And it, he not only did he go back on the good Lord ditching the broomstick, he showed up and completely went went against the Lord by wearing pleated pants. I don't know if anybody <laughs> saw that. Oh so he took his good looks, flushed those down the toilet, took his bad putting flaw, flushed it down the toilet, tried to do it on his own, and he paid the price. I, I think that's man, the only thing. Man, I gave away thousands of dollars in pleated pants suits a few years ago to Goodwill. And if that comes back, I'm going to be so pissed that there's some bum wearing my $600 suit. But, you know, now, whatever. I, I just... Come on, pleated pants are for bigger guys, and Adam Scott's got like a 30-inch waist. Um, you don't need the pleated pants. It's just, I don't get it. I don't get it. The whole the whole fashion today, and I know the rain has something to do with it, but for God's sakes, your professional golfers with unlimited amounts of money and unlimited amounts of apparel contracts, can't you coordinate your damn reindeer with your shirt? I, I just don't, I don't understand it. I mean, black and blue, everybody knows that doesn't match. And the bagginess. I mean, Tiger looked like he was out there rocking Pelly Pelly's jeans. He was, had about four sizes too big. He anyway. looked like a backup dancer for MC Hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was rough. Steve, do you got anybody that you missed on that you'd like to talk about? Oh, I missed on that. You, know, you had Scott, Woodland. Yeah, Woodland's not great. And I just, I, I re-listened to our last podcast. I'm pretty sure I just picked Gary Woodland because... Uh, was trying to throw a Hail Mary and get credit for a Hail Mary. So that's fine. Whatever. He still, he didn't play terrible. Um, as soon as I got, it's just like my fantasy football draft. As soon as I got done with it, I went and Googled, you know, Gary Woodland. I'm like, oh, his wife is literally going to give birth to a baby any second. He's going to get on the plane and leave. That's not good. So, yeah. Um, no, I, I think, uh, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen. No. And uh, but if you look at the leaderboard, I mean, I, Tommy Fleetwood was one of my big guys before, and and he's 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 hitting the ball well, and I think he's gonna have some staying power in this tournament. Yeah, this some majors, especially majors, when it's so tight, if somebody makes a double or somebody shoots a few over, or somebody just gives away a shot, you can almost kind of write them off. I, I never had the feeling today that if somebody made a double, they're out of the tournament. It looks like, I mean, there's just no telling what could happen. This course played. 
hard for a lot of people today under pretty good conditions. So if that wind starts picking up or if it gets ugly, I mean, if you're if you're inside the cut line, I think everybody's in it at this point in time, unless somebody just runs away with it. And I don't see anybody running away with it unless they just get a lucky weather draw from here on out because there's some big numbers out there if the wind starts blowing. So it's very, very early. And we'll, you know, it's it's kind of too early to say that we whiffed on people, and though I, I fully admit I completely whiffed on Rory, uh, but it, uh, it's going to be an interesting week, and I, we'll see how the uh, the weather plays out. So if you go to, to DataGolf, they have a live predictive model that will give you the cut line projections. Right now, it's showing 27%. The cut falls at plus three. 24%. It falls at plus four. I think it will probably move to plus four. But then you also can look at the win uh, win projection and they've got rom as their best bet to win at 9.8 percent he's in third webb is number two brooks is number three all three of them are at three under so if you if you really want to throw out lowry and jb and consider the leader as being three under so there's 41 guys under par that's a quarter of the field is within two strokes of the lead there are 93 guys within five strokes of three under so i mean it's way too early to, I think, to write a lot of people off or to think that you know who is going to ultimately win. Yeah. I mean, Cantley's in there at one under. We all loved Cantley. He's not even yes. remotely close uh, to being anywhere remotely close to out of contention. He's right right in the thick of it. And like you said, uh, you know, unless you think JB is going to run away with it, I mean, to me, the leaderboard is stacked kind no, of. No, J- JB is not running anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he is definitely not. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, what did DJ shoot today? Was he plus one, plus two? Course seemed to be set up good for DJ. I, I... Well, you know, I, they were staring at those yardage books for a long time. I don't know if they call them meter books over there or not, but you know, I I think Fats was right. They're gonna have some ser- They've been having some serious problems converting conversion the metric system. Uh, trying to look down the some guys that didn't quite play as good. Bryson he's plus plus one is DJ, so he's not out of there at he's, all. He's fine. Bryson at plus three. Steve, did you see Bryson today on uh, after he missed that putt? Yeah, I think that got posted on our Twitter account. Forced uh, carry pod. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I um, he looks up to the sky like maybe God did it or something. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean. But, you know, it could be atmospheric conditions he was looking at, the gravity, uh, who knows. The best part about that whole round for me, for Bryson, he legitimately was concerned about the flag composition because the flags apparently are thicker. Because <laughs> I guess it's windy, so right, so they got a bigger flag, so they don't fly out, they don't bend. So he was really, really worried about leaving the flag in, not leaving the flag in. He was doing a bunch of testing. 18 today, stones a chip. Maybe he's putting off the green, whatever. Dead flushes the flag, doesn't go in. And I was just in tears laughing at him because they had talked about it the whole round, that he was so worried about the flag composition uh, this tournament. And then he ends his round hitting the flag stick dead, dead center, didn't go in. Well, the putt, the putt he looked back at the heavens on, like if you miss the cut by a foot, it doesn't matter if the pin is in or out. Yeah, no, that is. <laughs> well, look, just, just before anybody considers any kind of scientific takes from Bryson just realize that he has the same college degree that LeBron James does. <laughs> so 
Just take anything he says with a grain of salt because he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And I'm sure that the people that are surrounding him that are all mooching 5 to 10% off of his winnings aren't going to tell him he's full of shit. So anyway, just something to think about. <laughs> yeah, Michael, oh yeah, Michael Scott can add him to who didn't finish business school. Uh, Bryson. Uh, let me see. What else we want to talk about? It. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to David Duvall. Um, David Duvall is a great commentator, was one of the best ball strikers of all time in his prime. Um, world number one player, battled back, lost it, did everything, goes out there, tries to play today, and turns in a smooth 91. And I say turns in because he actually turned in his 91. And he owned it, and he, you know, a lot of people I could see getting a little back injury or catching something, tweaking something, and just, just going home for the weekend. He's got to own up to that score on TV. He's got to own up to that score wherever. It could be one of the worst scores that I've ever seen in a professional golf tournament. And I just want to give him some props for at least turning his scorecard in, not quitting, not making up some excuse to get out of there, and just owning up to it because that's, that's got to be hard to do, and it's got to be pretty humbling. And he buried the first two holes <laughs> and turns to 91 in. So. Well, there was that controversy this week about a guy playing in an amateur tournament, I think, and he, he, he shot like 190 or something, and you're like, what the hell? And it turns out that the guy was messing around. He was on the green, putt, 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 like taking five putts to, to get in just to kind of run up his score, doing it on purpose. To legitimately make a 14 tr- – and with full effort on every shot. I mean, that's, that's difficult. And I, I won't count some of my first few rounds cause I probably wasn't keeping score the way I should, but I've been playing golf about, I don't know, 24 years. I've never made higher than maybe I've made a 10, 15. That's, that's, that's pretty strong or weak, whatever way you want to think about it. Even with the uh, Fratelli adjusted scoring system, you hadn't uh, carded anything over a, uh, a 10. No, and unfortunately, you know, when I blade a shot over the green, I don't have a grandstand to smack into. I've got to go. And how about those guys hitting it, you know, in that heather today and, um, you know, being able to find it. If we, if one of us were playing and we hit the ball into that rough, there, there is not a chance in hell we're finding it. And, and there's one thing we haven't brought up, the whole uh, the Grand McDowell lost ball thing. I don't know if you guys saw that at all. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, there's a new rule this year that um, – Three minutes to look for your ball. They couldn't find it. They found his ball at three minutes and 12 seconds. Okay, whatever. But I thought a great quote from Graham McDowell, who's you know no shortage of great quotes from him, he said that he was a huge fan of that rule until about two hours ago. <laughs> That's when they got him coming off. So <laughs> it really doesn't make sense in a professional tournament where you have, you know, five minutes, whatever. But because uh, that, that's just kind of, it kind of sucks they actually found his ball. But if me or you hit the ball there, we wouldn't have found it in 16. We would need a weed whacker and 14 ground screw to find the ball. Yeah, and he was playing good too. I hated hated yeah. to see that he ended his round uh, like that. But oh well. I mean, he he's not out of it. I mean, even still, that's there's going to be plenty of that kind of stuff that uh, goes on this weekend. I, I have a feeling. I'm trying to think of anything else. Yeah, he's only missed. plus two. Only plus two. Yeah. I, I look last. Looked up last year just to be sure, and after round one last year, Molinari was four back. So there are plenty of people still in the tournament. And this course is, to me, harder than that course, p- pending win. So I, I just don't think 
if you're inside the cut and you're not just way, way out of it, I mean, if you're inside the cut and the weather is right or you catch a break with some weather, you're in, you're, you're still in the tournament, in my opinion. So, I, I guess we'll see. Weather is obviously who knows what's going to happen, but uh, the wind would be one thing. It doesn't look, I think Fats looked up the weather report, the best report we could get before we started this pod. Wind doesn't look to be a huge issue tomorrow, but it's supposed to be really, really rainy. And unfortunately, first of all, you're not going to, you're not going to go shoot a 63 in the rain, not a torrential downpour like that. It's just probably not going to happen. But more than that, it really kills the viewing experience because those cameras get covered with rain. You can't really see what the hell's going on. It's almost like those guys. I mean, you know, you've played competitively, Jason. I assume when you get out there in the rain like that, you're just almost just trying to scrape around and not mess up and just get back in the clubhouse. Yeah. I mean, hard to stay focused for sure. It's a uh, rain, rain, rain and rain is, as a unique to wind, um, you know, just it's just a presents different issues for sure. And then, yeah, they, you'll definitely see, you know. And if the weather gets bad, how hard are these people that just made the cut line going to grind? You know, if they're yeah, if they're back by enough shots, if, you know, if the, if the weather's good and they feel like they can make a run, that's one thing. But if it's ugly and they're just inside the cut line, are they really, you know, out there, you know, giving it well, all and, they and, up? It could change five times between now and then, but looking ahead to Saturday, it actually looks like the worst wind is going to be early in the morning. It's It's got the strongest sustained wind and strongest gusts at 7 a.m. and then gradually decreasing bet, uh, between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. So I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to make a charge on Saturday, but depending on what they do tomorrow, they can still get themselves back in it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. We just want to run through a little quick recap today. I noticed there, I think, two of the um, two players in the top five are Spanish, so the uh, strokes gain Seve is definitely uh, coming into play early. I'm, I can't really think of anything else that I missed or that we missed on the uh, open. You got anything, Fats? No, I'm good. Steve? Good day. Uh, enjoyed it. Looking forward to the weekend. Um I, I think I'd rather see Tiger withdraw than watch him. You know, he was a, he he was headed towards his eighty that you predicted. Yeah, it might be worse tomorrow. Seriously, he's going off even earlier. He's one of the first guys. All well, he, he's kind of early tomorrow, so it'll be cold, and it's going to be wet. And uh, you know, it's just I don't know. It's just like watching an old man play now. So anyway, not, I'm not looking forward to watching that. I hope they keep the camera out of his face if he starts grimacing. And I think that I don't know. You're the betting guy, Fats. Are there odds on the board of whether he withdraws tomorrow? I mean, that's a legitimate bet. Not that I saw. I was trying to find some head-to-head matchups to see if there was anything. Because one thing I will look at from time to time is someone who plays really well on a Thursday to see if their number for the head-to-head matchup on Friday gets bumped up to see if they can, to kind of hedging against them, backing up a good round with another good round. But there were none out yet that I could see. Well, if, if there was a bet available, and it's probably bad odds, but Rory versus Tiger tomorrow, since he shot about the same thing today, no chance Tiger beats Rory tomorrow. I agree. Because uh, Rory will do something decent. Tiger's just, he's, he's not even going to. Uh, there's no way he breaks bar tomorrow. Is there a line on Tiger tomorrow? I have 75, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would think his over and under would be for his round uh, tomorrow. Nothing it's- yet. They they have updated odds. So 74. Brooks is Brooks is uh, the odds on favor. He's at plus 375. 
Rom is second at plus 650, and then Fleetwood and Rose are both at plus 1200. But it was just outrights that had been updated. There were there wasn't anything beyond that that I saw yet. You you guys seeing Rom keeping it together this week, Steve? In a weird way, the rain helps him, right? I mean, you know, it's 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 uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that he's one of those guys. I thought he was a Sergio. Where he's not gonna, he's just tipper's gonna keep him from winning a major so late in his career. He'll get get one, maybe two, but the guy's just too good, man. He's better than Sergio ever was, and uh, he's got the full pat. I mean, he's much his better. Just, it, his much better really short, impressed yeah. me. Yeah, it, it, just all around game for a big big dude. He's just he's like Arnie Els, right? Big dudes with soft hands are just hard to come by. It seems like, and he's he seems like he's got the whole package. So I'm not sure if he's gonna win this week, but uh, I, I don't see him blowing up. Um, We'll see. Now he's definitely going to blow up. <laughs> yeah. You got anything else for the uh, open? Uh, anybody? I don't think so. Good, man. Looking we'll try to get to back it. to it. Um, we didn't talk about Phil for the second podcast. I promise that won't happen again, but I don't think he did anything worth talking about. Um, checked over well, the Barbasol. Maybe, maybe the fast was a mistake <laughs> if my fat guys being better in the wind theory is actually correct. Yeah, yeah. That could be right. I saw saw a guy on Twitter today that was quoted as saying that he's been to dinner with Phil lots of times and he's never seen Phil not eat. So <laughs> I think Phil's problem this week is that he can't get off the tee box and has nothing to do with the fast. Uh, Duffner five under today at the Barbasol. Chad Game strokes putting. Yeah, Chad <laughs> scrambled, scrapped back uh, from a horrendous start to shoot plus two. Uh, I expect him to be selling oil field tools in the oil patch this time next year, unfortunately, but we'll keep with Duffner. And I listen, got nothing to say. Listen, Duffner shooting five under today and still being five strokes back of the lead is just like him being able to be a professional golfer and grab a 10. You're still losing, you know? <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, you know. I, I think D- I've got a stronger opinion on the Barbasol than I do on the Open. I, I like Josh Teeter. He's a good, strong Kentucky boy. He looks like an extra from Sling Blade. Shot seven under. He's three back. He gained, I think he, he may gain like four strokes putting today. I like him this week. I, I just, just, every time I think we've reached the depths of your degenerate gambling, you just go <laughs> deeper and deeper, and I really appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. Well, we'll try to, we might get back together I don't know, Sunday maybe. We'll see to recap. I got a drinking game for all you guys. Every time you hear the word proper, every time you hear the word sevy this weekend, go ahead and take a drink because I guess everybody feels like they have to interject proper into every conversation whenever they're uh, over that direction. So pay attention to that. And I got nothing else to say. Guys? See you guys. All right, see you.